0: Welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with a legendary Mal Thompson. Mal runs Youth Cells Australia and oversees a whole bunch of youth networks all around the country. Welcome to History Makers, Mal. Um, Thanks, Matt. Good to be with you. Now, Mal, uh, tell me, uh, you're um, very passionate about connecting with young people, but you really didn't have a relationship with God till you were about 21. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your upbringing and how you got to that point in your life?
1: Yeah, sure, Matt. Um, Yeah, I grew up uh, in Sydney, uh, on the north side of Sydney, and uh, I went to uh, Sydney Grammar School, so I was a good private school boy. I had a really good uh, upbringing. Uh, My parents are not Christians, and uh, my parents were just fantastic people to raise me, and I I grew up in a, a lovely part of the world. So you grew up
0: you know, knowing a bit about God. Tell me about your, your conversion experience. What happened then at, at the age of 21?
1: For a long time, uh, I had actually gotten right off the rails. I wasn't really a good Sydney grammar school boy at all. I'd actually taken the wrong pathway and, um, gotten involved with, uh, a whole lot of, uh, you know, stuff on the other side of the tracks and, um, drugs was a big part of my life, particularly smoking marijuana. In fact, uh, it had, it had occupied a lot of my life. Um, I got into the surfing scene when I was about 15 and, uh, classic uh, situation where I got hooked up with the wrong crowd as a teenager, made uh, a couple of dumb choices um, of who I hung out with, and next thing you know, I was making the same decisions as they were, being uh, influenced by them. Yeah, that was kind of like my my zone. Tell me about, um, you know, what what was the big change for you? Yeah, what happened was um, when I was 21, um, I I met a girl um, who I didn't realise, but she was actually a Christian and uh, I started dating this girl. I dated for about three months, and uh, I noticed that on Sunday nights, um, when it came time to go out on a Sunday night, I wanted to go to the RSL club. We used to call it the (laughs) Rissol, and uh, I'd say to her, Jenny are we going to the Rissol tonight? And uh, and she'd say no. And this is back in the day when we had discos, you know, um, early 80s kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, I was very embarrassed because I get to the disco and uh, at the Rissol Club and, uh, you know what, she wouldn't be there. And my mates, you know, would be saying, well, sure, you've got a girlfriend, Mel. You know, where is she? And uh, anyway, so one day um, I actually confronted her and I said to her, why won't you come out to the RSL Club with me on Sunday night? And she actually confessed that she was a Christian. And um, uh, I said to her, why didn't you tell me before? And she was quite concerned that maybe uh, I wouldn't you know, continue the relationship. And uh, I assured her that that was not the case. That I, I In fact, I'd been thinking uh, whether there was a God out there and, um, and uh, was asking spiritual questions in my own life. I was starting to really search because I was really fed up with the way that my life had been going up until that point and uh, really um, just looking for, for alternatives and uh, particularly spiritual ones. As it so turned out, uh, she asked me if I'd wanted to go along to her church on a Sunday night. Well, immediately, uh, probably much to her surprise, I said, yes, that'd be great. And uh, I went to a small Baptist church on the north side of Sydney. Um, and uh, as a result of attending that church for about three months, um, one night I was uh, I actually rang up my girlfriend. and I said to her, Jenny, are we going to church tonight? And, um, and she said, well, no. Not tonight, Mal, because um, I've got to study. So she said, I'm not going to be able to go. Uh, I've got to stay at home, but um, feel free to go on your own. Well, I kind of thought, wow, go to church on my own. You know, this is a big decision. It's big enough going, you know, with her. So anyway, that afternoon I went surfing as I did and uh, rocked up to church, uh, pretty scruffy and scrawny looking, and got into church. And um, I didn't know it, but that night there was an evangelist. And uh, I didn't know what an evangelist was, but it's somebody that that speaks the, the truth about Christianity. And explains the gospel message, and um, so this guy had been a, an alcoholic for most of his life, and um, he explained the story of how he found Christ and Jesus had changed his life, and what Jesus had done for him, and, and how he'd found purpose and direction, and and uh, you know what what God meant for him now. And as I listened to his story, I was reminded of the fact that that up until this point, my life had been um, bombarded with drugs and uh, lacking purpose and direction, and all the things this guy was saying that God had actually made a difference in were areas I was actually thinking, that's exactly what I need. So anyway, I was in this service and I was listening to this um, this guy telling his story about how he'd been an alcoholic. And um, what happened was he had what they call in a church service an altar call, which means that people um, who decide that they want to become a Christian have the opportunity to walk out the front and make a commitment to Christ. And that means that they uh, are deciding, in fact, to to uh, make a decision to follow Jesus and his teachings and uh, become a follower of Christ. And uh, anyway, um, this gentleman, when he said this, he actually said that some of you are going to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit and you're going to feel like a gentle nudging of God tapping on your spirit or your soul. and. Um, And uh, as he said that, I kind of felt exactly that. And I thought, wow, this guy's reading my mind, you know. (laughs) Who's giving him the book on my mind here, you know. And um, anyway, uh, people, several people went out the front. It was only a small church. And um, after about four young people had gone out the front, I was feeling very embarrassed that I hadn't actually made the decision to do that because I felt that was for me. But um, then he uh, he asked us to um, bow our heads and and, uh, pray a prayer of uh, commitment to Christ. And he said, you know what, there are people who are who are sitting out there who are probably thinking, Yeah, I need to become a Christian too, but you know what, I'm not up for walking out the front. That's not really where I'm at at the moment. And I thought, again, he's reading my mind. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> and uh, so um, I decided, well, you know, maybe I should give this a go, this prayer in my heart. So he, he said to us, well, pray this prayer in your heart. So we prayed a prayer and asked Jesus into our heart. Well, the moment that I did that... Um, Rather than being inconspicuous, I suddenly became the most conspicuous person in the church. Rather than everyone staring at the person at the front, suddenly they were all staring at the person at the back, who was uh, a young, surfy-looking dude, who was now bawling his eyes out at the top of his head, (laughs) um, crying and carrying on, and I just got up out of that church, out of that seat. And I ran to the back door and and took off out the church. (laughs) That was the beginning of me becoming a Christian.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What did you do then? (laughs)
1: Um, I actually just ran off up the road and just stayed away from everything to do with church. And uh, I spent the whole night, actually till three in the morning after having spent the whole night just walking around under the stars, praying and thanking God for coming into my life and just, I guess, catching up with the God that I'd missed out on all those years.
0: You're listening to History Makers, and today we're speaking to Mal Thompson from Youth Cells Australia. Now, you had a transition then from becoming a Christian, going to church for a while. You're now in a place where you oversee a whole bunch of different youth networks, train youth leaders to be youth leaders. Uh, tell us about what you do in that ministry and the effect you're, you're having on these youth leaders.
1: What I do these days is I actually coach and train youth leaders. So, um, Uh, I'm also involved in a um, a network called the Australian Cell Church Network um, and also the uh, CCM, which is the Cell Church Missions Network, which is more of a global network. Uh, If you like, I'm like a consultant and I'm a coach uh, and I'm also a trainer of youth leaders because this has become my specialised area. I've been actually a youth leader four times and uh, across three different denominations. And during that time, I've gained a fair bit of experience in what I'm doing. I've seen God do a lot of great things. So what happens is churches that are um, getting started in youth ministry or who are looking for um, a bit of help, a bit of direction in youth youth work in their church, they approach me either through word of mouth or for recommendation of some sort, and they ask me if if I can do something to help their church. Now, this happens with some very small churches and some very large churches. Um, It's quite a lot of variety. And at the moment, I'm actually uh, coaching and training in eight different churches. And uh, what I do is I meet with the youth leader, um, if there is one, once a fortnight. And uh, I do some, uh, I guess, personal mentoring and coaching with that youth leader. Um, And then on top of that, I attend the youth group about once or twice a term, just depending on how many groups I'm running. And uh, I spend a bit of time, I guess, observing what's happening and feeding back to the youth leaders. I take a lot of notes. It's always a scary time when Mal comes. No, not really.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, one of the biggest challenges for youth leaders is, do you make it a social club where you're babysitting kids and just having fun all the time? Or do you make it a Bible study where you sit down and you pray and you read the Word of God all night, you know? And what's the balance between those two extremes?
1: My advice is I reckon that God made us to be spirit, soul, and body. So I reckon that we've we've got to engage all three of those things. And I think a good youth ministry engages you at all three levels, um, in the kind of ministry that I run, um, we make sure that we have a lot of fun at youth ministry or youth group. Um, we also make sure that we have uh, uh, some food because, uh, you know, food feeds the soul and, uh, and uh, food's just great for fellowship and connecting. And uh, and then on top of that, we, we do have a meeting and we also have small groups. So we, um, we take actually quite a long time in most of the groups I coach and train, about three hours. And so we try and get that balance by having really quality time. Um, in, in all three of those areas, fun, food, fellowship, and then also spiritual engagement and then um, actually discipling. So I guess that's how we try and get the balance. We try and touch on all those areas and do so equally.
0: Now, I just think um, youth ministry is such a crucial ministry that so many churches struggle to be successful in in their youth ministries. Uh, tell me, what would you, your advice be to those that are thinking we need to make sure our youth ministry is more targeted or more successful? You know, how, how do you engage with young people in 2008?
1: Okay, how do you connect with young people? Well, first of all, you need to go where young people are. If you don't um, go out and connect with them, they're not probably going to come to you. I think the first thing you need to do is ask yourself the question, where are the young people? If you're a young youth leader, and you need to be prepared to go out to where they are, particularly if you don't have any youth, because... If you're going to try and attract young people to your building, the most likely people you're going to attract are Christians. So if you want to attract uh, people who are not Christians, you probably need to be like Jesus and go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come in and go where they are. Um, Next, uh, well, these are just a few things, I guess, in random order, but you need to not judge them by their outward appearance, such as clothing, hair, tattoos, piercings. Don't write them off when they make mistakes or fail you. And be aware that you might have cultural biases yourself. Uh, And if you do, deal with those because working with young people, um, you will constantly be finding uh, an internal battle with what you're seeing because young people won't always uh, live up to your expectations because they're trying to sort stuff out too in their life. Um, Another thing that's really important is listen to them. Uh, I think a lot of the time our our, um, efforts can be where we do a lot of the talking, but if you want to really connect with a young person or any person for that matter, you need to hear them. You need to hear what they've got to say. I guess if there's one thing I'd like to say to parents, if their parents are listening, is is listen to young people, listen to them, because I think a lot of the time young people don't feel as though they're heard, and uh, if they're not heard, then they're not going to want to connect with you. Um, they need to sense that you really care about them. Um the next thing is ask some good questions about what they enjoy and what they're good at. Um, I think that it, you know it's going to be very hard to connect with young people and to move along with them if you don't show interest in what they're interested in. Youth culture—it um, helps if you know a bit about youth culture, and once you do, use that knowledge to bridge into their world. Stories, video clips, YouTube, internet. Pictures, song lyrics, these are all channels of ways of getting into their zone. Um, And it's important that you connect on their level. Next, the emerging generation, they're highly visual and highly relational. So if you're going to reach out to young people, you're going to try and connect with them, then make sure that what you're doing is is relational, but it's also visual. Um, Don't try and win postmodern young people through rational argument. A lot of people spend a lot of their time still arguing the point. And uh, that was good back in the day, back in the 80s and 90s. But I tell you what, young people these days just want to know what works for you. And if they can see you living it out, um, they can see that it's working in your life, they'll want to check it out some more. Um, Another thing is give them opportunities. Don't wait till they're perfect. If you want to get them involved, once they become a Christian and you want to get them involved, get them involved, you know. Um, a lot of times we can wait until people have arrived. Well, for some young people that's going to take forever. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Jesus took a bunch of uh, you know pretty rough people and uh, he gave them opportunity when the time came. I think you need to look for those opportunities and let your young people go. Finally, let them experience the Father's love through your own love for them. Remember that this is a really fatherless generation. I think that our, our divorce rate in Australia now is running something up around the 50% mark um, and so with that in mind and with the fact that so many young people have not experienced a father um, what they really need is to connect with somebody that genuinely loves and cares for them so in, again invite them into your world connect with them and show them that unconditional love that can only come from Christ
0: now now there might be people listening now that are thinking you know I need to know what it means to become a Christian I need, I need to know how to do that would you speak to those listeners now and just share how to bridge that gap for them to have a relationship with God
1: absolutely Absolutely. You know, if you want to become a Christian, the simplest thing you have to do is be willing to say to Jesus, would you come into my life? But even more, one of the things that I'd encourage you to do is have a look at your life. When I looked at my life and I looked at all of the, the things that I'd been doing that hadn't made me satisfied, that hadn't fulfilled me, I had to say that a lot of that stuff was just uh, really a, a lot of mess in my life. Um, a lot of the things that I thought would fill me up and make me happy um and, and uh, satisfy me had really let me down so what I needed to do when I became a Christian was I needed to say to God you know what God I've stuffed up I have really missed it you know a lot of this stuff that I've been filling my life with is not your plan and so when you come to God it's important that you ask God's forgiveness and say God you know what that stuff in my life that shouldn't be there would you take it away God would you forgive me and then after you've done that, say, God, would you come into my life? Would you make me a new person? You know what? The Bible promises that if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. All things pass away and everything becomes new. Now, that's not turning over a new leaf. What that is, is God coming in and making the difference. It's like it happens from the inside out. It's not an external thing where you do it in your own strength, but it's something that God does supernaturally, but he does need to hold your hand and walk you through the process. Now, I uh,
0: just love the fact that you've just committed your life to making sure young people find that message. And uh, I just uh, want to encourage you, mate, keep up the good work. I reckon you're a history maker. Uh, now, if people have got any questions or would like to get in contact with you, is there a website that you can refer them to?
1: Yeah, there is. Um, but uh, i probably um, encourage them to uh, contact me via email. Yep. Um, and um, my email is malaby, M-A-L-A-B-Y, at hotmail.com. Yeah, that's probably the best way. Um, they could they could go on my website, but it uh, probably needs a little bit of upgrading at the
0: moment. <laughs> okay, mate, no worries. Thank you so much for joining us. No worries. Thanks, Thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us this week on History Makers. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just go to historymakersradio.com. History. History.